Hello and welcome back to the Ultimate Thrill Seeker podcast. Um, now this week's episode um, has actually been pre-recorded a while back, just after Fright Nights uh, 2020, um, back in the close season. Um, but what we've decided to do is actually pull the episode um, and really work on the edit of this episode with some exclusive photos that have then been seen before, um, a nice edit, um, and we're going to be so re sort of um, revitalizing the episode um, to give it the full edit it deserves. Um, so yeah, really excited for you guys to watch the episode. Um, and yeah, Robert. Indeed. So uh, today we are talking to Steph Ricketts, who uh, creates, uh, kind of uh, directs many attractions at Fright Nights, different scare events, uh, of yeah. course, at Thorpe, uh, and other events which we do go on to talk about. So without further ado, let's just head straight into the episode. Uh, a very very special guest. It's Steph Ricketts um, from everything, basically. So she's done a lot of Fright Night's work. Uh, she did Death Cell, which was um, kind of a, a live action experience, uh, which we'll get into in a bit. And she's done a lot in terms of Fright Night's. So uh, very excited to get into that. Uh, but yeah, so first off, to start off with, um, what got you into kind of scare attractions, theme parks in general? Um, what kind of got you into that? So the scare acting bit, I kind of like fell into. So I finished uni 10 years ago um, in 2010 and I really needed a job. And I was actually looking at jobs at Chesington because my family lived down the road from Chesington at the time. Um, so I was looking at Chesington jobs. So I looked on the Merlin website because I knew that's where Chesington was. And I didn't find a job for Chesington. But I found a job for Madame Two Swords in London for yeah. an attraction called Scream, which you might have heard of. Yeah, it has been around for years now. Um, but it was quite, it was quite big. Like they would, um, uh, they would turn around the contract every couple of months. So, um, I looked at this job and I thought, Oh, that's to be one of those like scary people in the dungeons. Um, that's not for me. <laughs> like I left it. Um, and then I went into London later on, um, in a couple of weeks time and in the stage newspaper that performers sometimes go and buy, there was an advert for two swords for scream. And I just saw it as a sign. So I auditioned um, and I got the job. Uh, I remember, uh, one of the team leaders on the panel happened to say, you might not be right for scare acting. Uh, how do you feel about being a performer for other things? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. I need a job. And then um, now it's really weird to think about because 10 years later, I now like help run Friday nights. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, so I was on, I worked in Scream for four months. And I just happened to be there at the right time where they rolled on contracts yeah. and I just ended up being a permanent actor there. Right, um, I've always loved theme parks though, ever since I was a kid, mainly Disney ones. I used to like sit and read up about how the rides work. Um, but yeah. I never thought I would ever work in the theme park. I just loved theme parks and ended up being a scare actor. And then slowly the two, two came together. So that's <laughs> yeah. how I like just, just wasn't, didn't plan for this at all, but sometimes that's the best way. Yeah, that's, that's quite cool just to think kind of how far by you've chance. Come and yeah. yeah how far far you've come now really no, it's crazy now now I'm here I can look back and I can be I can say like I've done a lot but at the time you're always like clawing away like trying to do more um but yeah I was meant to do four months and I ended up staying <laughs> not leaving oh, what 10 years <laughs> yeah like 10 years uh, I had a year out of the industry but we'll go into that because that's when I did our space and death cell but um of course but yeah, I didn't plan to be there that long, but it was, it was great. Like it was the best thing that probably happened to me. Yeah. So um, I believe your Thorpe work started in about 2012. Is that right? Am I right yeah, in saying that? I was an actor in 2011. I was in the asylum. So that was my one year where I was 
uh, an actor and not involved in any management or creative process. Um, yeah. I just, a lot of my friends and colleagues from Scream and Madame Two Swords would always go over to Fright Nights and do that at the weekends and come back and do Madame Two Swords in the week. So yeah. I knew of it and everyone talks about Fright Nights and how great it was. So I decided after a year that I wanted to go and do that. Um, but then in 2012, I became a show captain for Saw Alive, um, which is where I started my management experience. That was my first manager role, really. Um, so I'd been an actor for two and a half years. Um, and then, and then yeah, 2012 was when I really started, like, my thought, creative and management journey, really. Yeah. So, so you did Saw Alive in 2012, what I'm reading here. 2013, you did Cabin in the Woods, show yes, captain. Yes. So what, what would that involve? Um, so when you're a show or? captain, it, it fluctuates every year. It depends on the business and what we need. But to be a show captain means that you look after a team of actors for an attraction and you own yeah. that attraction and you rehearse the actors. You make sure it runs every day. You have creative input. You support the management team um, and you just uh, get to get to be in that maze every day or that attraction. So in 2013, it was my second year being a show captain in but it was the first year of Lionsgate so for Cabin yeah. in the Woods um, I got to have quite a bit of involvement in the characters that you see in there and okay. what you see the characters so that was so much fun because it was, it was such a different maze from anything I'd done yeah. before a lot of blood yeah. and guts and gore and now yeah. I've got to characters yeah uh, and then after that I believe your first kind of maze that you helped create was that Platform 15 then? So yes, yeah, so actually I did another one in between. So in Fair 2015, enough. I became a team leader for yeah. um, all entertainments at Fort Park. And the first one that I really had some creative input from, from earlier on was Studio 13, uh, okay. which was a one hit wonder. It was great. It did one year um, and it was popular. Um, that was the first one. And then in 2015, we opened up the first version of the Big Top and Containment. But 2016, Platform 15, uh, where the poster is behind me, um, is was <laughs> the first one that I really wrote the story. Like yeah. I asked for it for my development to, yeah. to write a maze without without having a maze yet built. Yeah, yeah. I wanted that experience to grow, and they gave it to me. They allowed me to do it as part of my development plan. Um, so Platform yeah. 15 has a special place in my heart. Um, Still going like, strong. Yeah, it's five years now, and it's all yeah. obviously grown every year. Yeah, but it's yeah, completely but, changed this year. Of course, yeah. it has been flipped. So, where did you get the um, the idea of actually using you know, old trains and the whole story? Did you? Yeah. Is there anything to... Sometimes, with uh, especially when working in in big uh, theme parks, there is a there's a plan. There's sometimes a business plan or marketing plan or a plan for entertainment and so where the department wants to go and what we want to bring with our shows and other offerings. So we had launched Darren Brown's Ghost Train that year. So it wanted, we wanted it as a park to be ghostly themed, but not yeah. to be Darren Brown. Um, so it wanted to be our own attraction. So I just had this idea where I just wanted to try and not use blood because all yeah. of our attractions were quite blood heavy. Fair and I wanted enough. to yeah. find different yeah so i had this image in my head for a long time about black blood and yeah what could blood be so i thought of tar or oil and trains and this is where we started to go down that route and yeah. with with scare acting you need to think about how the performers are going to deliver that so it's really hard to scare people if you're a really slow uh, slow character all the time 
Yeah. So I came up with the characters of the sleepers first, which is the really erratic uh, lost soul characters that you see in Platform 15. They're the ones with the black eyes and the, the black tar and the black dripping from the mouth. So that's that was my starting point. And from then on, I just created the, the journey. But sometimes it takes weeks where you're going out shopping and you think of something or you listen to a song that reminds you of uh, an idea that you had the week before. So there's a lot of there's a lot of processes you go through when writing a story. It's never it doesn't just come into your head straight away. And we do find in this process that maybe two months down the line, we come up with one of the best ideas for the attractions. But it takes us yeah. that long to get to that point. Um, but yeah, platform was mainly it needed to be Victorian era. It needed to be about trains and ghosts. And I just had this image of black blood. And that's how Platform 15 was born. Yes, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's brilliant. And especially the kind of location you go through. I yeah. think it feels so far away from the park that it really kind of immerses you in the story, which is amazing. Um, so in terms of, in 2018, you started Artspace Productions and you started Death Cell. So what was Death Cell and um, how did that come about? So I had always wanted to start my own immersive company. So do I love Fright Night so much and the Halloween season, but it comes to an end. And I always hate that period when it ends and there's this horrible Halloween hangover that everyone misses each other and <laughs> can't to do it the next year and we're talking about it in April. So the idea yeah, of creating yeah. our space was to do that full time. So we had that, so we didn't have to wait another year to do scare stuff. So I had always wanted to start it and it just became, I was turning 30 in 2018. So for me, it was like a personal goal. I wanted to do it by the time I was 30 or have started yeah. it. And I had this love for prison mazes because that's where yeah. I start in Scream. So yep. there wasn't many prison attractions around at the time or there isn't at the moment still. So I had this idea of uh, a prison attraction. I knew it was going to be prison based. I wanted a group of people to support me who I knew were passionate. And I loved the film Fight Club from 1999. So I loved this um, narrator telling the story and I wanted to tell that through the eyes of one of a, of a character. So I wrote a novel. Uh, when I say a novel, it's about 26 pages long. <laughs> but even it, it's quite substantial. Yeah, yeah. And it was about a uh, post-Brexit world where to bring peace amongst the, the community. If someone does something to irritate you, you can nominate them to go to Death Cell, which is this, this penitentiary prison. Yeah. However, you only get nominated, you only get sent to Death Cell on... Uh, a system a random system that goes through all the nominations and picks people up uh, and then you get sent to death cell it's kind of being called to jury service i imagine yeah but what's happened now is that it's gone uh, it's been overrun by the warden who isn't listening to the original rules of the penitentiary it's this okay. prison where people never come out and that's where the story was born and that was the original concept and we did some photographs and i did a presentation uh, at a chinese buffet uh, with some people <laughs> who were in and kind of pitched it to them and said this has to be done in eight months time are you with yeah. me you are let me know and then we just started from there but the concept how it was at the start to what it was when we put it on is is completely different but but in completely good for good reasons there's so many ideas that have come from the team uh, the reason why our space is called our space is because it's a play of words on our space. So it's all about the team and everyone having a say. It's not about me leading it and just getting yeah. people to. Yeah. And yeah. that's what makes it 
great. Like, we have so much fun doing it. Uh, but we put it on in London in the old joinery in Greenwich yeah. in August 2018. We were only yeah. open for four days, but we built the attraction in three days. Oh, fair so we, opened, we started building on the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We finished building on the Thursday. We opened Thursday evening. And then we run Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then took it down Sunday night. And then oh, it was wow. done. <laughs> so, so are you planning on are you planning on doing any any future attractions, maybe same location or Yeah, so we um have done a few things since. We did something called Death Cell Light, which was a very, very mini version of Death Cell in Salisbury for Halloween that year for like yeah. one night. Um we've done a birthday video which was um to celebrate yeah, our anniversary. And we won a scare award at Scarecon oh. last year. Oh, that's best cool. which was amazing yeah. and then we were meant to be doing death cell uh version two this year um which oh. unfortunately didn't go forward but mm. we spent all of the time in lockdown working on it uh writing the scripts we've done read-throughs yeah the, the attraction building some of the prop prototypes so we planned to do it we were a week away from releasing tickets back in march and we decided not to oh uh, uh, yeah yeah the experience is very heavily uh immersed it's, it's it's very immersive so yeah. you know guests would go very close to actors to find out things and would touch things and would wear parts of the costume so it's not the right yeah. time yeah. want to protect yeah, that of course yeah well, that so sounds like a brilliant attraction uh, i'd love yeah. to do it yeah definitely. no sure. like, we will definitely put it on it's just when i don't know when the time is right yeah um so are there any things kind of unrelated to death cell that you would like to do with our space in the future or you're just going to stick to the the kind of theme because you know it does well yeah i i we we plan we're planning for death cell version two obviously yeah, like i said um there's talks of we'd love to do a death cell feature film where we delve into the characters a little Ooh, bit more okay but there is loads of stuff that other people want to, other people in the team want to do, which I'm totally on board with. So some stage shows, some short films, um, some escape rooms. Uh, we want to get to a point where we are teaching people to come to, you know, teach our skill set. So yeah. you go to our space, for example, and you um, do a scare workshop one day, or you go to um, another session and you learn how to make a prop. Um, so we really want to expand that and have two branches of the business, have the yeah. shows that we're on, but then also have the services where we can build things for people or teach them or yeah. classes and yeah. all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, so you mentioned uh, escape rooms. Uh, on the topic of escape rooms, I believe your first project for 2019 at Thorpe was, of course, Jungle Escape, um, oh, which was the, um, the escape room in the I'm a Celebrity Maze building. You, is there anything you can really say about that? How that was created? Um, yeah, so it was my first project. So I joined Thought Park back in April last year and it was uh, it was opening in May. So it was my first thing I got to delve into. And it, it was just uh, what I love about doing stuff in entertainments at the moment or have done the last few years is not, I love doing the scare and Halloween stuff. Absolutely love it. But I now equally enjoy the family friendly things because I found a way yeah. of enjoying yeah. it and getting the same enjoyment out of it and really focusing on the immersion so the things that we were looking into was the games obviously like how we had never run an escape room apart from containment yeah that was scare based so this was all character based and some rooms doesn't don't have characters in so it was quite a big project from an operation point of view yeah uh, how do you open the doors who looks after that and 
just writing that rule manual basically was so much fun and we opened it and it, the team loved working in there they they really did it, the characters are larger than life and that's what we tried to get with the i'm a celebrity yeah. beforehand was these larger than life characters that were big and flamboyant and what you know made guests laugh but then we sent them into the escape room to, yeah. to escape the huntsman so it was a lot of fun uh, it got my creative brain thinking again because I hadn't worked in the theme park for about 18 months um, yeah. I'd been elsewhere whilst I was working on our space yeah. so it was just so much fun to think of like bright colors and uh, big characters yeah. I hadn't had the, the chance yeah. to do that in a while because yeah. beforehand when I've done Darren Brown's ghost train they weren't uh, happy characters it was it was the characters who were distressed and uh, caught in the middle of a crisis so yeah it was nice to do something really yeah. really happy yeah. and really like yeah. big and energetic I mean you could say so you very well quite a lot to, to kind of live up to uh, when it was of course announced in March obviously you weren't I don't think you were kind of involved yet but um, the reactions weren't the best of course um, yeah. So you had quite a lot to live up to. Is that something you kept in mind or did you just kind of think people uh, will like it, just go with what I can? Yeah, I, to, be, to be honest, at the time, I didn't know I was going back to Thought Park <laughs> when it announced. So it didn't really cross my mind. That's a really good question. I knew there was a lot of um, eyes on it because it was the year of events. Obviously, Game Effects yeah. beforehand and I wasn't there for that. Yeah. And, and Jungle Escape was the second one. Bouncilla was the third and then Friday Nights was the fourth. So this was the... Um, you know the next event on the lineup uh so there was yeah of course a big uh a big hole to fill there was yeah. a lot of expectation with it and with these things it's always a working project um yeah. i know in theme parks people love rides and they want to see new coasters and stuff and that's completely understandable but also a theme park it needs to cater for everyone as well and some people yeah. do shows and in between rides want to go to an escape room or want to go and speak to some some roaming characters or want to go and have lunch and yeah. I, I mean i go to the theme park just as much to go to the gift shop <laughs> to yeah. buy the merch. so there's that as well um yeah. but yeah there was there was expectations but i didn't really think about it when i went into it if anything it was more my first project and more for me to find my feet again yeah yeah it was a very well put together attraction um yeah. i liked i liked how you raced you know the other team to get there I thought that was a very good kind of element. And I thought I thought it was it didn't feel like an overlay of honest levity. It did feel like its own kind of attraction. Obviously we had the Huntsman character and everything like that. So I thought it was it, it was very good. I was very impressed when I did it um in twenty nineteen. So um you spoke a little bit about Ghost Train. Did mm -hmm. you what, what was your involvement with uh, Ghost Train? So I was an entertainment team leader the year that Darren, Darren launched, so 2016. So I actually met Darren Brown quite a few times in the rehearsal process, which was really, really cool. Yeah. And we, so that was the year where we opened, re, reworked I'm a Celebrity, and then also Darren Brown opened a couple of months later. So my involvement was the uh, looking after the acting team, uh, helping the daily operation of them being ready and them running their side of things. But it was a partnership between obviously the rides team and the entertainment team. It was an attraction and we, as an entertainment team, looked after the rehearsals of the actors, but also supported the rides team and they supported us equally just as much. So uh, you, Darren's gone through so many variations over the last few years, but back in 2016, uh, it was scene two, which I think everyone knows what it's called. It's the bit in between the two trains where you go in and um, the, the, the fracking scene is happening. So we looked after that 
and I rehearse the actors to that. But also things change quite daily with new attractions as well. You want to try new things and the rides team will try new bits and bobs as well, which means that you want to support them. So you get on board with that. So mainly rehearsing them, the actors. And then as the attraction went through its paces to find its feet, we then went along with that and changed what we did daily sometimes. And yeah, well, that the right costumes are being worn and all of that kind of stuff and just being there yeah. to make sure that the experience runs mainly yeah so that is quite interesting obviously you weren't at the park as you have previously mentioned quite a few times in 2018 which is when the walking dead the ride the whole year of the walking dead zombie hunt that kind of stuff launched is there anything about that year or any of those events or rides that you would change is there anything about them that you wish you could have kind of had an input I wish I'd been there for the Walking Dead stuff. I love the Walking Dead. <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> um, if anything, um, I I went to Madame Tussauds in 2017. So I uh, moved across to rides in 2017 at Thought Park to gain more experience and worked more from a from a ride theme park point of view. And then I went across to Madame Tussauds to launch Alien Escape and look after the Sherlock Holmes experience. And then I left Merlin in 2018. I was offered another job elsewhere, but it allowed me to start our space. So yeah. it, it was a career step, but kind of a sidestep at the same time. Yeah. So in 2018 um, was, was the year of The Walking Dead. I don't think I'll change anything because the team that I work with have such fond memories of 2018. And yeah. I know a lot about that year and things that they learn and how much fun they actually had with the characters in Zombie Hunt. And yeah. I, I don't think I would change anything. Uh, I just wish I'd been there more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I think yeah. that that quite quite smoothly brings us on to what quite a lot of people are probably excited to hear you talk about. Um, Creek Creek Massacre, yes. um, arguably um, apparently one of the best, if not the best, thought maze ever. Yep. Scariest. <laughs> <laughs> Scariest, most intense. Um, which was of course 2019 and then is there anything you could say about that what kind of sparked the idea did you have any input into the location um kind of so, uh friday nights we start talking about friday nights really early uh into the year so around yeah. march april time we're talking about friday nights and people always go that's really early for halloween but for us it's really <laughs> not so yeah Again, I joined back in April last year, so Fright Nights was already being spoken about, and we knew at the time that Saw Alive was not returning to the lineup. So this, oh, okay. whatever, whatever the this attraction was going to be, uh, had to bring what Saw brought to the lineup, but in in a new way. Then, so yeah. what what was the gore factor? What did we not have in the lineup? And that's what we do a lot of the time when we look at our, our offerings: is go, what haven't we got? We don't want two things that are about ghosts. We don't want two yeah. things that are about zombies. So we we try and vary it. And there'd always been this idea floating around of lumberjacks and the hillbillies that uh, I'd created in Cabin in the Woods in 2013 had done really well. They'd gone through the troughs of being either really comical or really scary, but either way, they were a fan favourite. So we there there was the talks already happening before I arrived and the marketing team were quite heavily involved in that. So yeah. we knew roughly what it was going to be about. We knew the name and I knew the location, but the, and uh, the, the layout had roughly been designed as well. But in terms of the characters and the story, we, I had a quite big involvement in developing that. So yeah. the Buckwheats came from the entertainment team. Uh, who, who are the Buckwheats? What do they do? And, and that was so much fun. Yeah. We did um, 
audio tests of the pre-show like in in my bedroom <laughs> and uh, just like played around at midnight with voices and stuff and then would record it and take it into work the next day and the idea of Creek Freak Massacre which is something I'm really passionate and proud about is that it was all about the guest experience and what do the guests feel and what do they see what do they touch uh and making it really immersive and really interactive like you are going through the yeah. sort instead of just turning a light on and putting a light in a maze it was well what does that light look like we're in a mill so what would that light look like and how would it turn on and would it be rusty and would it not and i'm really that's something i'm really proud about with creek freak is the set and going yeah. through the mill and how you genuinely feel like that's what you're going through and um yeah. so the the idea developed over time and it goes through its paces. I would do walk rounds every week when it was being built and say, well, this, this is too much of a corridor. This needs to change. And as the walls go up in the attraction, you start to see it come to life and you start to imagine what the actors are going to do. And there would be points where you'd go in and be like, Oh, is that, is that wall actually going to be there? Cause I, I imagined this yeah. and that's where you talk with the builders or, or the uh, people you, you contract in to build it or if it's being built in house, that's where you like sit down and discuss, well, this isn't working anymore. This needs to be like this. And something that I uh, was really passionate about again with this attraction is making it really actor friendly. So the actors could yeah. run the attraction. And that's something I had in Scream. We had so many, we call them chicken runs and uh, cruel spaces where you can get from one room to the other really, really yeah. quickly. And that's something we hadn't had in maybe some of the other attractions uh, over the over the, the years before that. Yeah. So with, yeah. Uh, with Creek Freak, we made sure that an actor could get from the start to the back of the maze within a minute. And that's yeah. something that helped us design it. Yeah. I mean, I remember, I remember Jack's walkthrough. Jack's walkthrough yeah. of the maze. There was this one actor, saw him at the start by the... Um, spinning things whatever they are yeah, and then i'm i'm the sure final. i saw him in like one of the final scenes it, yeah. it was a uh, really well put together in my opinion yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's space for the actors to go crazy in basically it was it's a playground and that's what worked with the big top so well uh, in the, its years in 2016 and 2017 is that it was just a giant playground for, for guests and for actors and it's just so much fun and what you want to do is create an atmosphere where people can come out screaming but also laughing that they had such a good time as well and yeah. really allowed us to do that and the characters are really fun but they're also really scary and that's what's great about those characters that you can literally just turn it on and they'll go from making you laugh to then running towards you yeah. so you never really know and scare acting's like comedy so comedy with punchlines you want to cut uh, catch people off guard so they're surprised and they laugh so that's what you do with scare acting you you are walking towards someone they think you're going to come at them in say 10 seconds time and then you start running <laughs> towards them and you cut them off guard so yeah. a lot of yeah. and that's what creep freak had it had rhythm and it had pace so that yeah was that. it was definitely probably the most immersive maze you've ever done in terms of obviously you've got the exterior of the building the interior the smells the sounds everything like that and we were speaking to kind of liam from aroma prime as well yeah he said the smells they add so much as well like the lighting everything you talked about in terms of the space um let's start there um what was the kind of limitations obviously with being in in the loggers building because obviously it was two levels if i'm right yeah so it's two levels so we had to think about uh wheelchair access obviously we want to make our attractions as accessible for everyone so with it being two levels we had to think of uh ramps and putting them in but with ramps you need to think of inclines because you don't want it to be too steep so that takes up a lot yeah. of room 
Uh, so you had to think of that as well when your spacing has to be a certain width for a wheelchair or for people who need a little bit more space to walk through. So you have to incorporate that in your plans. So where you might have wanted to put three corridors in, you might only be able to put two corridors in. So a lot of work was done on the building before the actual attraction inside was built. So filling in the trough where, where the trough for Logger's Leap had been and uh, the ceiling was open in the queue line. Uh, and we just had to have those works done beforehand. So a lot of work was going on, going on over in that area, just maybe not the attraction was being built at the time. So they were yeah. the main things was just making it, uh, making it an attraction savvy space really, because yeah. it wasn't, and it was, it took a, took a couple of months to do, but totally worth it because now we have an amazing attraction that is standing yeah. all year round and we can just turn it on when we need to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it, it fits in with Brilliant. the area as well, quite well, I think. I think it's, yeah, and, and that's what you said, like you said, with the exterior, you know that that's the Creek Sawmill when you walk past and you know that it's open at Halloween. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Silent stuff and everything. Yeah. Um, so obviously, um, Creek Creek has basically become a brand now, and um, I think it's amazing kind of the story-driven aspect of the whole, the whole thing, and I think it was such a, definitely one of the best ones that's ever been created in terms of storyline, immersion. The whole attraction was... Um, Great. So obviously, talking a bit about the the spaces loggers, um, that must have been kind of a challenge. But also, I think the end result, how it's kind of all like the building and it kind of fits together, is great. Um, in terms of the storyline, did you? Where did the storyline come from? The storyline had been thought about quite a bit beforehand. Like I said, it had been talked about. Uh, and the idea was that the guest was a piece of wood, so you were the piece of wood going into pre-show. Uh, or going into the attraction and you would follow the journey of the wood and you'd either be split into good wood or bad wood and debark yeah. it but as a human you'd then be de-skinned and you'd go through that process so it was really yeah. horrible so I then came up with the idea of well why would the guests be going to the sawmill in the first place because that's something I'm really passionate about and I keep saying passionate but I am is making sure that there's a purpose for the guests to be there in the first place yeah. so the idea was that the sawmill has run out of wood, so the buckwheats are, are turning into people, to humans now, or that that's a secret hobby that they have, that they, they keep within the family, and that in order to get more people to come into the sawmill, they put out recruitment posters for jobs, and that they need people to join their workforce, and as soon as they're in the mill, they're, and they're in the corridors of the sawmill, and they start their first day at work, they then become the wood, and it turns a bit sinister, and the guests then realise, well, actually, no, I'm not here to do my day at work. So that's where it came from, and that's where the pre-show script came from, was given that that brief of, you're here for your first day at work, I've looked at your CV, um, you guys are great, you guys are not, so you're going through the bad wood, so you have to crawl, you're going through the good wood, so you go down that way, and that's where the first corridor theming came into place where you start to see things that are a bit weird so the um yeah. the, the missing posters and the yeah. newspaper cuttings and you have things such as the buckwheat employee way up on the wall and then as soon as you get to the main scene which is the saw table that's when you realize that things are a bit they turn a bit sinister yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so on the topic of the the missing posters slightly off topic but last year loads of the mazes had tons of easter eggs creek creek had loads um do or die had a few yeah. were you involved in kind of coming up with any of those kind of what yeah kind of, we what? we love putting easter eggs in it's like our, one of our favorite things to do because 
for us it's those little things that that we enjoy doing or we like putting in to see if guests notice them so yeah. Uh, yeah. we like to use our in-house team as much as possible yeah so yeah. dressing us guys up and putting us in or people who were involved with the storyline we yeah. uh we then incorporate them into the storyline some way <laughs> so an example of that is in the old kiosk to I'm a Celebrity, there was a clapperboard with Studio 13 on it, which was the attraction oh. before I'm a Celeb came in. So we love doing things like that. So we like planting the history of our attractions in there. Um, but some of the Easter eggs, uh, we love putting them in. Um, we have uh, in-house jokes that amongst the team when we build these attractions that we incorporate into our offerings to see if guests yeah. notice as well it's just so much fun to do yeah. um freak was the missing posters and we definitely had them this year for 2020 where we had the buckwheat uh recruitment posters that we had in creek freaks unchained they're yeah. two of our um you know two of our team members that we dressed up who uh performed in there last year they were they were uh, swings so they did some time in there as well so That's it's just fun to, like actually use our team and our skill set yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I know uh, Jack Silkstone did get a feature in in Do or Die. I believe it was Do or Die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, few other few other people. Helen Ball, the divisional director, was on a missing poster, I believe. Yeah, missing posters. Are there any <laughs> other ones that we might we might have seen that people would generally uh, recognise? Think of anything from last year, but definitely from one this year. Uh, on the side of one of the Lycanthorpe lockers i sprayed the initials of the two team leaders who had made that concept as okay. in like, high school like their initial loves so and so their initials so it's stuff like that oh fair enough yeah. in terms of 2019 then um what was your kind of involvement in the event because i know um you obviously i saw you in a couple of the videos you know going around doing a few bits and touching up so <laughs> kind of what was your involvement in kind of the rest of the 2019 event so I was the, well, I, this is the same role I'm in now, but it was my first year doing Fright Nights as the Entertainment Experience Manager. So looking after entertainment, but also having quite a big involvement in the build, um, the set, the look, the feel, the, the guest experience, basically, but also the side yeah. of, the, of the performers and the actors and the show captains and the operation hosts who stand out the front and make sure that everyone goes in safely and all that kind of stuff. So we we had a lot of involvement with the build so I kind of did everything without sounding like you know too big for my boots like I kind of did everything like looked after yeah. East and yeah even if I wasn't doing it I knew who was doing it or what was going on um and who to speak to so looking after the set as in as in looking after the build and making sure it's in line with the guest experience and what the actor's going to be doing because it's very well building a set but if the actor can't get behind it to jump out and do their scare then it's it's not going to work. Yeah. So yeah. Having that communication. Yeah. Um, Active friendly and stuff. Yeah. And bringing things back that we maybe hadn't had over the last couple of years. So things such as smell pods and making sure that they were brand new smells and different sounds and having, instead of one soundtrack across an attraction, do we have multiple soundtracks that bleed into one when you go through, which happened in Creek Freak? And yeah. just, just making sure that the standard was really high with. Uh, with everything so we have someone in our team who looks after props costume and makeup and that's something new that we've looked into in the last couple of years so making sure that the costumes always have a high standard that makeup is good and bringing bespoke props in instead of us just buying one offline or 
going, yeah. oh, we can't find yeah. it. Well, we'll make it then and making yeah. it in person using that skill set. Yeah. And then, and then once the event is open, then just making sure that it runs and that the first day is just as good as the last day and vice versa. Yeah, so this year you went around all the, all the different zones and you, were, you did a character from each one. I yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, so 2020 was um, probably shaping up to be uh, an amazing, uh, another amazing Friday night. Um, of course, that did all change in March. Of course, we did go into lockdown. Loads of different restrictions were put in place. Um, that did almost ruin Fright Nights, but of course uh, you were able to get it running um, differently this year as Fright Nights Festival, uh, kind mm -hmm. of going for more of a festival vibe. Uh, there were a lot more scare zones, roaming actors, few mazes. What yeah. kind of happened with that? How did that come to It was a brilliant be? event for what? Yeah, and I think... For what, you know, actually, you have to deal with Us having to think outside the box is what is what helped us and pushed us to create Friday Nights Festival because we had to think differently about things. We couldn't have attractions inside and we had to think about what could we offer? What could we, what could we do in the time frame that we had? And we ended up actually putting on the biggest offering we've ever had. Yeah. And a lot of it was outside, but equally that brings a lot of questions as well, such as, well, do our costumes need to be weatherproof and our makeup isn't going to be, if it rains what do we do and where does our set get built if we can't have things inside and we're not yeah. looking for buildings anymore we're looking for parts of the park and where does it affect another part of the park so yeah yes like in march we hadn't really started talking about fright nights yet because we were due to open obviously and probably fright nights as it was in 2020 is very different to what we would have probably thought it would have been in march i agree but Equally, I feel like some amazing concept grew out of that. Things such as the crows. Brilliant, um, yeah. We had to think of Roman elements more. Uh, someone in our team had yeah. this idea of, of the crows and she could just visualise it. So the, the people who needed to be involved, such as the production teams, thought about how could they execute that. Um, festival, calling it Festival, because it was more of a festival where you just walk around and you walk into areas and there's yeah. different things to do. So oh, that's where yeah. the name Festival came from. Yeah, and then yeah. we looked at platform we could we could obviously like work with, but we looked at turning it round, uh, which brought a new lease of life. How could we do the show from a social distance point of view? Same with all of the other attractions, such as Amity High. Uh, great to have a flash mob. Yeah. It's not yeah. within us, it's outside, but they're dancing, but they need to wear masks. So how do we yeah. do that? Um, yeah. How do we make sure that there's not too much of a crowd? All of those things we had to think about. So it was, yes, very different, but I truly believe that some amazing things came out of having to be pushed into a direction that we'd not done before. Yeah. And now the next year, the next year is going to be 20 years and we've yeah. got so. the pick of the crop to like, think about what do we keep and what, what comes back and yeah. if anything comes back or what do we do? Like this, the, book, yeah. the door is open. It's going to be an interesting it, one to see. Yeah. In terms of this year then, in terms of Platform 15, uh the concept wise why why did you kind of turn it around so we wanted to bring a new lease of life to it like i said it had done yeah. four years at this point and we were trying to think of new ways to bring it to life and throw people off because once you do an attraction a few times everyone knows kind of how what what happens and maybe don't get scared anymore whereas with this we were throwing people off who had done it before so and it was a yeah. new experience for them so there was that to it as well also 
to help us with the build a little bit more in a, in a COVID world. So uh, not having, for example, the tunnel previously used yeah. to be park used to have hands on shoulders which we which you have to do from a health and safety point of view so you don't lose anyone in the tunnel but we, yeah. we built into the show but also we couldn't do that in a, in a social distance world so that they were things that cropped up as well that we looked into what was the best thing for us what was the best thing for the show and for the health and safety of everyone so those things come into a lot of our concepts as well when we're thinking about them yeah and that that was part of it but also to just freshen it up and to throw people off and to bring something new and to really see if it worked the other way as well and if we could tell the story in a different way and i think every year with platform we've had a different side of the story like one year yeah. we've had the side of the bride the jilted bride who's been on the train and one yeah. year the ouija boards and every year has been different so this was this was part of that really yeah yeah it's brilliant this year i think it yeah. really worked it didn't feel odd going the other way i think it it, it did feel because obviously the train was kind of near the beginning this time yeah. to the end so i thought i thought that was quite nice um in terms of going through the village first mm-hmm. in terms of the train why was it why was it kind of turned over it was, it was the idea was to create the wreckage that that we'd always yeah. spoken about and if you think about the story beforehand we'd said the train had derailed and it'd been a, a yeah. this wreckage that had destroyed the engine and the oil tank had exploded and people had had died from it from horrific injuries and it was still standing and it looked great but when we really thought about it we said well it should be a wreckage because that's what's happened um and yes when it first turned over it looked like it had just fallen over but then we created the set pieces around it where the suitcases toppled over and the the sleepers as in the the train track sleepers were piled up and uh, the final product definitely showed that but yes when it started i don't know when jack saw it in his video it just <laughs> been blown over so <laughs> from from the other side but when you put it into the show and you have the fire then added to it it makes sense but yeah. the idea to create the wreckage and to actually show that this year yeah especially coming from the other angle you can see it if it's out a bit more yeah so yeah definitely um no, it was, it was different. It, it, it really brought that story element to it. Um, not that we didn't have that before, but I really felt like this one, you could go through and see, oh, okay, this is the fact where it was like you were on a tour, which is what you want to, you never want to create experiences where Doesn't you have are, a reason. Yeah, like you, you know you're going through something that's pretend, whereas this yeah. was actually going on a tour to yeah. see the wreckage of, of the train and what happened to the sleepers and that's what the guests are doing they're queuing up to go on this tour instead of i'm a guest knowing that this show is about a tour it's you are yeah. on, that makes sense you cut that, you that, tour, yeah. that level out yeah so for the rest of the event uh, of course we have spoken a bit about platform mm-hmm. what kind of how involved were you in every other attraction then kind of uh, quite lovely. <laughs> yeah. We had uh, nine nine offerings, so sometimes I'd be stood there in the office going like one, two, three, four. What one am I missing? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so all of them. So our team, our team leaders looked after two each. Uh, one of them looked after three, but they looked after the high schools and another one. So they yeah. had two or three that they looked after each and they owned, and then we supported them with with those ones. So there was always essentially a creative director with each one who would then support the show captain with that with that cast so it was easier to manage and to delegate um but all of them i had the same involvement in platform 15 as i did with all of the others so 
there'd be more that you'd have more involvement in just from a build point of view and a operational point of view yeah um, but some some of them you would get told what was going on and i'd know that that was fine so i wouldn't have to question things as much so that would that would just kind of carry on and then we'd catch up maybe once every couple of days or once a week or if there was any issues or challenges yeah but I had involvement in in all of them equally just the same and yeah. that, that's what's great about it is that you get to do all of them in my role and like yeah, said, four, came in on a day off and went and acted in all of them which equaled to 20 minutes in each one with the costume change in between over six hours so it was quite intense it was quite it was quite yeah. <laughs> So what was the concept for Roots of Evil? Where did the kind of story come from? So the, again, we looked at the lineup and said, what, what is this attraction going to be? Obviously it had been Blair Witch before, so we wanted to steer away from that. Anything that we reinvent or take over a current space, I'm really keen to make sure that it doesn't look like the space beforehand. Um, an example of that being from uh, Cabin in the Woods to when it went to Live in Nightmare. I know I wasn't there for that, for that switch over, but yeah. make that that space is completely transformed so with roots of evil roots of evil went through a lot of concept changes all the way up until when we opened really or even through when we were open so we had a lot of uh, support from the show captain and you know the production team were heavily involved and just making sure that it sits within marketing's plan so yeah. they we we talk with marketing in the early stages and make sure that we're both happy with the concept and we then go and play with some stuff and they go and have some ideas and we thought of the concept to so the concept was was there to start with and then we changed it and challenged things and kept things and got rid of things that we didn't think was great but our, yeah. our production assistant was quite heavily involved with that story concept um he was quite passionate about it and he could visualize the costumes and the makeup and everything so that really helped with the story so the idea yeah. was being uh, supernatural is not the word, but like there was this, this, you know, this being in the, in the forest, uh, the, the roots, the roots were the villain, really. Every attraction has a villain. Um, for example, Saw is, is Jigsaw and the traps, they're the villains. Yeah. And the victims are, are your everyday people who end up in these, in these contraptions. So with Roots of Evil, the villain was the roots and the forest, the forest had come alive. And the, the victims were the guests who were being called in to support uh, the military unit and the military unit were the victims. They had gone in. Uh, the the captain had had bit, was missing in action, so they were calling on uh, more people to come for backup. Uh, yeah. They went. They, they you got the you got through security and went through uh, the verification checks, which was in the camp in the base camp, and then you got sent into the forest to to basically see what was going on and to find people who were missing in action, but then you see what has happened to them and you then become part of that storyline as well. Yeah. In terms of, because obviously it was like a kind of experiment at the beginning, like a scientist yeah. kind of idea. I, I think it was great that you used the indoor bit as opposed to going straight out. Because um, then when you cross the road, you've obviously got all those blocked things, which I think actually worked in terms of kind of the military kind of idea you're going with there. Yeah. I think that was kind of a nice section to go through kind of to transfer you into the woods mm. which I thought yeah. it's something that kind of Blair Witch you just kind of went into it I thought it kind yeah. of gave it a little bit of an introduction which was great yeah that's what we wanted to do um, we had space in Jungle Escape that we could transform and we knew that we could and it's also about guest length as well about giving a longer experience and yeah. um, making that camp base was actually a lot of fun getting all those yeah. sandbags out and 
putting the tent up and filling it and you know the the scenic team made the uh a lot of the stuff that you would have seen so the uh the target practice shoots and yeah you know the like you said the 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 fencing with the with the wire around it it was making it look like a base camp really uh before yeah. you go into the forest so you have that set up before you go in so your story gets told and something that we did this year with the attraction so platform and with roots of evil is that we gave the brief story outline in the audio in the queue so you knew what you were going into so yep. you had that in the tunnel of platform but you also had the the mayday call on the queue line so when you went in you knew that something was wrong yeah yeah no it's brilliant and especially and it talks a bit about moving straight uh, on a bit from the attraction so you kind of get lost in the woods and i think that's that's a great it's it's something because you don't really know what you're supposed to do at that point yeah. i think that that it really kind of immerses you like you are genuinely feel like you're lost mm -hmm. um and then obviously you kind of work your way into it which i think is great um and then you get to the kind of platform bit with the kind of watchtower yeah and i know you mentioned the levels as well but you know at some point you're not expecting it and then you have this light and you kind of look up and it's um it's really really good and then obviously you kind of get lost a bit again which is yeah. I think what really makes it and then have people like kind of jump out at you because you don't see them because they're in the kind of like camouflage suits yeah, but I think exactly. it's great and it's just yeah. about you said playing with levels and kind of not making it static you want to have levels yeah. have different paces different sounds different smells so yeah it's all about that as well it's like an orchestra really yeah yeah and so, then the end as well sorry yeah. <laughs> and the end as well how it kind of changed from Blair which it felt all overgrown obviously had the camera before you went in kind of ducked you kind of ducked down a bit and I thought that really kind of transformed from what was Blair which kind of run out but it was kind of like a jump like a jump because you really weren't expecting it I thought that was great how you did that with the kind of actor in the wall yeah oh yeah the, the, <laughs> the torn the torn body yeah that and the production team made that in-house as well so that was a lot of uh fun to like put in um and uh, yeah it's like a gag like we don't have that in all of our attractions and it's just about bringing unique things so usps to each attraction and making sure that yeah. uh, some something there's something different in each one really yeah yeah in terms of creek freaks obviously i know james kind of mentioned that it wouldn't be right to open the mill again because it because the first year it was so great and it would have been kind yeah. of a bit of a downgrade but i thought it was great that you kind of brought that brand back in kind of a new way i thought that was great until obviously hopefully we can get in the mill next year but i thought um how you did it with um the scenes as well because I, I didn't when it was announced i didn't really know what to expect but i thought it's a very story driven zone one of the most ones and obviously i used the kind of the food unit the old food unit you created the four scenes i know you mentioned um yeah. so tell us a bit about the kind of brief and the story for that one yeah so the the main drive um was to create the mill outside really so as as I mentioned before in, in Jack's video, we were telling the story of the attraction, but through the four parts in the zone. So as a guest, you went through the same uh, wood process that you would have done in the mill, um, but just outside. But obviously that, that looks quite different when you actually put it outside. Yeah. As much as we wanted to open Creek Freak and as much as I love Creek Freak and it is a fan favorite, there was also that to consider was that with the changes we would have had to have made to the attraction to make it safe, which is obviously our priority, and to make it enjoyable, we would have removed a lot from the story, which meant that it wouldn't have been the same as the previous year. Yeah. And there's always that anyway, but this would have been quite far removed. So we knew that we could deliver the zone 
uh, a higher standard and it was something new for us to do which has opened yeah. up so many doors to to next year and what what more can we do with the buckwheats and how far do you expand that so we looked at again the process of the attraction and went right how can we create this zone into storytelling and what is it that they do because you don't want to be chased with a chainsaw as soon as you get into the zone and there was an element of chainsaws being you know in the area throughout but you also want to talk to the buckwheats and what do you talk to them about and yeah. you need to give those actors those tools to do so yeah. we um we looked at four zones and how would you start your work day? Will you get signed up? It was like a recruitment fair. So imagine the sawmill was where you actually get go, go to work outside yeah. of the recruitment fair. Yeah. So you go in, you get recruited by the buckwheats. You then go to the shop to pick up your, your supplies or to speak to your buckwheat family. Right, you then yeah. go to the moonshine bar to get initiated and become a, an honor, honorary buckwheat. I can't even say the word. Honorary. Um, <laughs> But that's where buckwheats play along. They can't say the word honorary, so they say like honorary buckwheat. Um, and Fair then, uh, and then the final bit was where you just get chained, uh, chased with a chainsaw, um, and which is what people love about Creek Freak as well. It's about giving them that what what people loved about Creek Freak, but just in a different different style. And yeah. that was the base of us. And then the guys, the acting team, all made their own buckwheat character their little moonshine yeah. jars that they had all had their names initialed into it. So they were a family. And that is something that we really try to build when we're working on Fright Nights or entertainment yeah. in general. That we're a family who, who helped put on these shows. And that definitely transpired in that, um, in, in, in that zone for sure. Yeah, because yeah. I know James mentioned the little, the, the, um, like the moonshine bottles, yeah. how yeah. they were like the water for yeah. each person. I thought it was great how you incorporated that. Because yeah. um, it's it's the little things like that which create the zone, not only great for the characters but for the actors and the people who come in it as well, which is amazing. Yeah. If you want to know about Creek Freaks Unchained? We had James uh, Roman Baker, who was part of the attraction, so you can watch the episode. I'll leave a link below. So uh, yeah, if you want to see that, uh, I'll leave that. Um, so festival, um, it was the first time we kind of got reintroduced to kind of like a clown kind of festival type characters. I thought it was um, a great attraction. I love the new colour scheme as well, that it's not too kind of circusy. It kind of felt like a festival, um, obviously the festival name. Um, so, you know, a little bit about kind of the concept for creating the festival. Yeah, so again, it was making sure that it wasn't the big top because we didn't want people to believe that it, this was the big top coming back just under a different name. It wasn't that at all. So we stripped back well what do people know as the big top it's clowns and big colors and larger than life erratic uh characters that you know are are really energetic and we wanted the festival to be more vintage and slow and about a carny that happened to roll in so the idea is that this carnival is stuck in time and it's rolled yeah. in uh into current time which is 2020 but it's stuck yeah. in its time frame still so Again, it was another Platform 15 situation where I wanted to remove blood and bright colours because people do associate clowns at Thought Park with the big top. So we did have a clown, but he was called Loco the Clown and he was like the carnival pet. So it was very different to anything that we had in the big top. So yeah. we, we knew that we wanted to make this carnival and it was meant to be dust. We called it Rusty and Dusty. And um, 
and that's what the twins were called the twins with like the full face masks uh, that yeah. jim made our production assistant so um he he did a lot of work in terms of the look and the feel and the fabrics that we would have used and then we as a entertainment creative team just made the uh came up with the characters so what would you see in a carnival do we want a magician uh who who is a trickster um do we want a compare do we want uh, we had the twins we had loco the clown we had the puppet uh we had um the mime artist we had uh, the bearded lady she was great so we had all these characters that intertwined with each other and brought the carnival to life so yeah. that's where the concept came from and then uh, the team leader who took ownership of that she she created those characters with the support of the show captain and um then brought them into rehearsal and then the actors always bring something extra that we don't know but they're casting those roles for a reason and they bring extra things in and bring these characters to life more than we ever imagined or bring up concerns that we never thought of and that's where it's a team effort so yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. it came from and the teal color from the logo is what i sent out to our uh contractors who helped build festival was that this is the color in the logo can we incorporate that into the set so it's all on brand and it's just thinking of those little details as well so everyone knows when they've stepped into that area that they know it's festival yeah yeah um i thought i thought the color scheme and the music created that atmosphere in the area definitely um because it did it did feel it didn't feel like the big top as you said it felt like something new and different and i thought that was great what was great about it so in terms of the two schools then uh amity returns with its dance and we had lycanthorpe as well bit of a different kind of um difference between them two so what was the concept obviously because they are in the same universe they are kind of they come do their kind of dance off so what was the kind of concept with creating lycanthorpe and obviously bringing back amity and everything so someone in our team uh, the other the other manager happened to say oh, i would love to create a rival team like they're werewolves and they just rival the amity vampires and that's where the idea grew from and there had to be a lot of work done into liking in terms of the look and the makeup and seeing if it was doable because we didn't want to put uh, characters out there that didn't look like werewolves so we yeah. didn't want to like this is a werewolf school and they not have any any prosthetics or anything that makes them look like that so yeah. Equally, we had to put the work back into Amity as well, such as things like the contact lenses. We said to the team, if you want to buy contact lenses, that's fine. You can wear them, but they need to be on brand. They need to be this for Amity and they need to be this for Lycanthorpe. So everyone looked the yeah. same. Whereas beforehand, in previous years, people have bought their own contacts, which is great, but they might not have fit the brand of the attraction. For example, having the zombie white ones where worn in Saw Alive, you would never see that in Saw Alive. So there was a lot of costume and makeup standards for those schools and then we uh, and then the girls who look after the high schools they looked into the dance and reworking the amity dance from last year and taking the best bits from that but incorporating the lycanthorpes into that and making the dance a story instead of a dance off it's not who's got yeah. the best dance moves it was a story Boy. dance off <laughs> a story yeah. off which isn't really a word um yeah. so we did that and then they just developed from there really and the show captains had a lot of involvement in the mini dances that they did and the mini scenes and what does lycanthorpe look like if amity has the halloween ball then what is lycanthorpe we don't want to have a halloween ball over there because it's just a repeat so it was yeah. the, the 
kitchen, the DJ set, and they're having a party over there. So we had yeah. that. And um, that was something that we looked into and the characters and making sure that Amity wasn't as the same as Lycan. So we then had to go, okay, well, Amity is this brand, Lycanthorpe is that brand, but they live in the same universe. How do we bring those together? And then there's a lot of operational, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of operational stuff in that as well, such as how do you move the Lycanthorpes across the park on time in order for the for the shows and making sure that you've got someone something yeah. always over that area for the guests who aren't going to see the show. And there was a lot of logistics in those schools that obviously yeah. we all know and it's continuously happening, but isn't to the guest side, which is good. That's where we want to yeah. be. At. Yeah, I think another thing. Um, particularly with theme park enthusiasts is a uh, kind of what what which one you prefer um i know yeah it's created a qu quite quite a rivalry uh, i i like yeah. that it's quite cool uh oh like never seen inferno <laughs> oh i i love both of them I, yeah i think i did the photo shoot for liking so my heart sits with liking and i yeah, did buy a varsity jacket so i feel like if i didn't say liking i would be being truthful <laughs> yeah yeah like and i i just Fair thought enough. it was great so 80s and i love yeah. the 80s all in the 80s so yeah yeah really nostalgia yeah yeah so, um yeah it was great so in terms of the last two kind of scare attractions we obviously have the crows you touched on them um a little bit earlier but what was kind of the concept of the crows and how did they come kind of come about to the park yeah so our um one of our team leaders leah she just had this image of crows and she kept saying i just imagine like crows on park and then just standing there on on their podiums and they would just slowly move and catch guests off guard and she had this idea and this vision and it wasn't on our original lineup originally from a from a business okay. plan point of view but we pitched it forward and the it was it was received really well and people yeah. really liked it and we got the sign off to go for it so she looked into the crows and the movement and then our production team uh, worked on them so a girl called Mole she made all the masks with the uh, support of Jim the production assistant uh, and he did a lot of work on the costumes and making them really bespoke and authentic and years ago we used to just all get um, maybe costumes from uh, for maybe Smithies or something like, or or we'd go to Primark and Primark runs great for like basic t-shirts and stuff but we really looked into the look and the feel and got them proper wax coats and because they would wear that if they were scarecrows yeah. um so the concept was that where the crows go nobody knows so yes we sometimes had some feedback that they didn't see the crows but the yeah. whole point of crows was that you you caught them Mysterious, when you caught yeah. them yeah. and then they you don't know where they are and they were always on park apart from you know obviously from a actor point of view when they had their breaks but they were always on park and they had their different points that they would go to but they would traverse across park and the idea would be that they bring this really slow nature to them and as i said previously when we were talking about cabin in the woods and platform 15 slow scare acting is really hard to do but if you can do it right for the right characters then it works really well and the crows yeah. is one the crows the idea was that they move so slowly that people were learning to a full sense of security of going, oh, okay, like they're really slow. I can be around them. I can take photos, but not get too near. Yeah. And then they were like, just go for you. Yeah, so yeah. that was the point of the crows and the show captain did a lot of work with the team and making sure that their movements were choreographed and that they yeah. knew when the other person was moving without having to look at them. And 
did a load of uh, drama performance exercises where they're all in sync with each other without having to talk to each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, the, they looked amazing and everyone, everyone yeah. loved those. That they yeah. really did. They were a yeah. big fan. Yeah. Um, I know there has been a bit of speculation as to whether we could see them in a maze next year. We will talk a bit about that very soon. The final scare zone uh, that we did have in 2020 was the Swarm Invasion. Uh, of course, uh, the Swarm did open eight years ago in 2012, uh, last coaster at Thorpe, and we've been wanting a kind of expansion on the story for a while. Is this kind of what happened with the creation of this then? So the swarm wants to uh, to enhance the ride area, like you said, literally. So one thing that we have in a theme park when we're doing Halloween that maybe scare parks don't have or um, scare attractions that open that are just isolated attractions is that we have rides, we have roller coasters. So Existing. really it's yeah. to expand on that and yeah. give something to the thrill seekers who want to go to a theme park at Halloween, but not necessarily want to go through the mazes. So yeah. it was to literally expand on the story, but with a new twist and, people asked why hadn't it been done before and I think the the Fright Nights uh, lineup was different in the previous years yeah. where, whereas this year we had open doors to kind of look at where can we do things on park and we wanted to make sure that the entire park had something from a Halloween perspective so if yeah. you went down you had Creek Freak, uh, if you went towards Roots of Evil at the back of the park if you were in the middle you had First of all you had the two high schools, you had the crows everywhere you had uh, Screamplex Cinema, uh, but then also with the Swarm, the Swarm Island is the Swarm. If you don't go yeah. to the Swarm Island for the Swarm, then you don't see that side of park. So yeah. we wanted to just bring that island to life as soon as you like walk into the island. So yeah. it was to expand on the story, but also to bring that area to life. And the set is so great, the the, the ride theme in that you can, just, you can just add on to that. So yeah. that was something really unique and also something that took off really really well and we weren't sure on how it was going to go um and it did so well it did great yeah 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 of course i, I love the costumes as well yeah um, the costumes how we yeah. had the arm and the i, I thought that was such a good concept and the courage yeah. as well i love those costumes yeah, yeah the um, costumes are um really well uh, made yeah they're elaborate but in the good way so it means yeah. that you know, thought has been put into them and the standards high. We haven't just out people wearing some black gloves. We've we've made we've purchased uh, like certain gloves, and then our production team have looked into uh, enhancing them for the story. And that's what I love about Fright Nights is what can we make that makes things so unique that you can't get that off a shelf anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. That's what Swarm did. Yeah, because obviously you have the two different characters there. You had the. Um kind of swarm people military yeah. people you and the then you have the kind of rebels or yeah, kind of so good, good and bad characters and we called them the tainted so they were like the ones who were being tainted by the swarm or the ones that were trying to like you said protest uh, on speaker's corner uh, that the swarm was coming and we told you uh, and it was still in the same universe as Les uh, you know LC12 favorite yeah. favorite of of you know the fans and and for us uh, that's when back when I started and yeah. it it was expanding on that story like he told you so we told you you didn't listen um, but as if it's actually happened at that not at that point not it's coming this was it's it here is, it's now it's here yeah yeah and um, I saw on a few on a few videos how how the actors did incorporate kind of when the ride would go around different parts they'd point up at it stare at it of like 
making a big deal. It, it is too late. It's happened. It is. It is the storm. It is part of the kind of set. I, I like. I like the like, look of that. I thought that looked quite. It, cool. Yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. Um, yeah. So yeah, that is that is everything for this year's event, um, which was a brilliant event, especially for what you could do. I, we weren't expecting too much, and I was completely blown out of the water with everything that came to the event. I think the, the quality had definitely taken another step up as it had every year, which was great. Um, a little something we mentioned just on our break, you were part of Oktoberfest. Just yes. a little quick, anything, a little quick you could um, say about that, because that was Very a brilliant event to the lineup. Yeah, um, me and Robert have enjoyed that, yeah. Are um, <laughs> expecting to do it, as in not the park, as in uh, we we weren't expecting. Obviously, at the start of the year, we were planning to do it, but oh, um, okay. when I returned, well, my main focus was on Fright Night. So we we did get involved with Oktoberfest, and we turned it around quite quickly, and it actually turned out to be so much fun. I loved, yeah. even in such a small amount of time, creating that, and you know, myself and the production assistant would be there. Uh, making making the barrel and you know helping do costumes and making sure that that was all set up and some of our team leaders did a rehearsal plan for them and it was a chance for our acting team to come back onto park so yeah obviously with everything that had gone on our acting team weren't uh, on park at the time but Oktoberfest allowed them to come back a little bit earlier before Halloween so they were really excited to come back. They hadn't been able to perform since March or since before then or anywhere yeah. because nothing had been open. Like we were all very aware of it. So they were really excited and they just pumped so much energy into it. It was just so much fun and it was yeah. just fun to do. And it was such a great atmosphere over at that side of park. And I really enjoyed just walking through and seeing that. And equally in that, around that time not many events had been running in the year so it was just nice to see an event running as well i think that's what people enjoyed about it was that you could just go and listen to some music have a beer or drink have some entertainment interact with some you know with some cast members and then uh just have a good time but then go back onto park if you wanted to so yeah, yeah. the the acting team and us like loved Oktoberfest, but it's a very busy time of year for us because it's the month before halloween which is yeah. actually yeah, for us then Halloween so all of the pre-production work is probably doubled the amount of work that it is to actually run Friday nights um, yeah. so doing an event whilst building another one is really really tricky it's and yeah. it's a lot but yeah um, but yeah it was fun so whilst we're building Halloween and painting blood splats in certain places we have our right. actors coming back in blasting blasting you know yeah uh, Oktoberfest, so it's yeah. yeah, but yeah, it was a lot it, of fun. No, it was great. It was great to see, kind of like we had the supercharged summer with the kind of like the ride bingos and stuff. It was great to see the kind of that side brought back in. Great to see kind of entertainment brought in. It was great to see like an event because obviously we had the main summer. It, mm -hmm. We had that, but it was kind of like it added something, as you said, to bridge yeah. the gap, which was which was really good. And I love the whole atmosphere, yeah, music everything which was it was really, i mean really good from, from our own experience uh we did we did really enjoy the uh the actors um we did get them to sing <laughs> yeah. a song um about rmc which um there we go but um <laughs> i i i think it was a, a really well a well done event uh and i can't wait to see it return next year i yeah. loved i loved darren brown's beer bar yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was great. I, I love the um, details, isn't it? <laughs> I love yeah. the remastered Darren Brown soundtrack as well. I thought thought that was good. Yeah, I, no, I, the, that's the thing. Like the the music, 
coming across the bridge to work every day like i knew it was oktoberfest come in but you definitely if you didn't know then you would know the day it started because the music was on the bridge and that that's nice to when you're going into work you kind of walk into the park and you're immersed into it straight away and i was like oh yeah today's today's like the first day of course yeah. i knew that but i got reminded again as i was walking across the bridge yeah um, yeah no, the cuts and coming on every few minutes yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, no, it was a brilliant event and it still lives on. The October festivals yeah. are over Chessington now. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Which is great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I absolutely yeah. loved that event. Loved Bright Nights. I think it was an incredible, incredible year this year. Yeah. So to finish off then, let's talk quickly a bit about next year. Um, Bright Nights, it will presumably be returning for its 20th year. Um, no. I know you, you can't say too much about it. Um, it's obviously not really kind of been started yet obviously three four months and planning will be well underway um mm -hmm. is there any anything you would like to do that you would be able to talk about any attractions you'd like to bring back maybe create anything you'd like to say <laughs> <laughs> um we've started thinking about it um uh, because it is a big one like yeah, we know oh, and yeah. i think this is you know this gets this is where the fun starts because as much as it's my job i'm a bit of a geek as well and I'm yeah, a, yeah. a fan girl so it's really and this is where we get to be really creative and where we get to bring most energy into things is thinking about things for the guests and the overall event um so we've started talking about it we're still obviously in conversations from the previous fright nights like looking at our stats and looking at yeah. what worked what could we do better and looking at the feedback and things like that we're still in that process of doing and yeah. making sure that everything is packed away you know properly for next year but this is where we get to like you say look at things and because it is the 20th year that could be so many things it could be a yeah. do we do a best of the best do we look at um just having brand new attractions do we look at yeah. being roaming after this year being so popular do we look at mazes and a lot of it yeah. does is is falling on what what does social distancing look like that will be a big yeah. factor but this year has proved that we can do we can Anything. do a friday social distance yeah. as well um and we can have some fantastic things come out of that so in terms of what i'd like to do i won't really say attractions or anything because i don't want to give anything away and Fair the enough. process is such a long process that things change constantly like day by day one day i'll find out one thing and the next day that won't that can't be a thing anymore because we found out yeah. something that, that stops things happening so what i would love to do is just make this an event for the for the fans like obviously with the business as well but make it an event that really does celebrate fright nights and yeah. it might not be that we bring back the exact concepts but this is easter eggs it's, it's, it's easter eggs and things like that like the crows like you said were was something that grow, came this year and they were popular and it was yeah. the first time we'd ever done them and we did so many new things this year if anything we only had like two or three returning things yeah yeah you know one of them was Warm, the other was the studio 13 people we didn't even mention them yeah, was, 13 at Easter yeah. yeah so if anything the thing i'd love to do is make this a fan that does celebrate fright nights in the 20 years and not necessarily bring back attractions as they are remembered because that's hard to do with spaces being taken up now for example um you you wouldn't put you can't put marquee in in the arena where seven or mbv was because it's now Darren brown so you can't repeat history yeah. but you can bring history back and mold it into a new into a new 
version so I, if anything i'd just love this event to be a celebration and a tribute to fright nights yeah and that's what i'm just really excited to do with it yeah i'd love uh, to it, see the uh the death cell movie in screenplays <laughs> yeah i mean that, that, that could work well, <laughs> yeah put that on the feature movie but we've definitely talked about that as well because when we film our trailers we get into the costumes and we we film it so um, yeah, there's so much scope for that for Death Cell yeah. as well outside of Thought Park. So yeah, so, yeah so much. Yeah. In terms of in terms of the farm, I know people have mentioned it would be mazes there. Have you ever even thought about putting Ooh. anything there previously, or is uh, it too hard in terms of logistically? Yeah, like the it's part of the like wider operation. Like I know a lot of stuff is is uh, stored there, and a lot of work does go on up there still. So in terms of the wider business, but in terms of like my my blue sky thinking brain i would absolutely love and this isn't been discussed at all from a business point of view but from a creative point of view if i could you know do one thing it would be to potentially i'd love that you get on to the you get onto the sleeper express at platform 15 and it takes you to the farm Ooh, but the, yeah. farm, the farm the farm is where fright nights is or where the scare scare event is and Ooh. you know you go there or you go to there where you then see a different part of Fright Nights and you still have the stuff on park but there's this world that you get taken to and you get told yeah, it takes to like a village or something yeah so yeah so there's I would love to do that because that's a completely different side of park that you don't go to elsewhere yeah yeah, but yeah imagine going back on the train again. you just revive some history <laughs> that would be lovely yeah, yeah. I, I mean even if you did that you could make the like, kind of the train journey you could do something with that have actors yeah. along the way yeah. I, I think that that would be that would be pretty awesome. Yeah. Either way, very excited for next year's event because um, I know it'll be great. Whatever happens, it's been our longest ever episode. I hope you found it as interesting as I have. I loved it. Um, it's been a real insight into the event that we all know and love. Um, so thank you so much for watching.